Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, the top full-service crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped raise over $70 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by The Gadget Flow, a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. The Gadget Flow is the ultimate buyer's guide for cool luxury gadgets and creative gifts. To learn more, visit thegadgetflow.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today, I'm joined by Bob James with Trinity Audio Engineering. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Pleasure to be here. So, Bob, you're the head of design and development at Trinity Audio. Where does this all start uh, in terms of the backstory for Trinity Audio? Well, I mean, Trinity Audio was sort of born out of frustration. I was originally working for another company that uh, was doing reasonably well for itself. But I didn't particularly like their direction, or should I say perhaps lack of enthusiasm for taking things further. They were very safe and steady. I thought we could do a lot more, but the way that it worked out that it couldn't work within that company. So we branched off on our own. You know, we were still good buddies with the, with the other company, but we branched off on our own and decided that, you know, we wanted to make something that was affordable but high-end, which usually those two words just don't go together. So we spent around eight months prototyping different products. We used a lot of community feedback within the headphone community, asking people for their input. What would they change? What would they like? Did they like the sound, the materials, everything? Once we were ready, we launched our first Kickstarter uh, a couple of years back, and we were blown away because we didn't market what we were doing. We had a reasonable target of £40,000 to hit, and we blew past the 107, which absolutely floored us. So clearly there was a market there, but that's, that's where we started. Impressive. From, yeah. Out of frustration. <laughs> that's, that's always a good place to start, right, is fix the pain point. You know, obviously you mentioned you've run a few campaigns before. I guess tell me a little bit more about those campaigns and how we've gotten to here now. Okay. Well, I mean, the first campaign, as I've just said, you know, it blew us away. We weren't expecting to go over our target by £67,000. Um, I mean, there's so many campaigns on Kickstarter that have done horrendous amounts more, but for us in the early stages, that was you know, huge for us. Unfortunately, well, I won't say unfortunately, I'll get to that bit in a moment. When we did the first campaign, we actually had quite a few people say, you know what, I'd really like to have an earphone that was high-end, but at the same time was good for sports, for the gym, for running, you know, whatever they wanted to do. So with those Kickstarter backers from the first campaign, we came up with a new model called the Atlas, which was designed with different length cables. So if you were running and you wanted to wear your phone on your armband, you had a short cable rather than a big long one that you had to wrap up and we made it a hybrid model with you know, two drivers in each earpiece. And that was all born purely from what Kickstarter backers wanted on the first campaign. So we ran that, we did another campaign. Again, it was a lowish target that we were looking for. 
And we went past that, not by the same margin, nowhere near. We went about 18,000 pounds over. But it was a great little product. Not without its issues, you know, as we soon found out later on, some connectors, we were kind of like made some wrong choices, but we, we, we built something that the, you know, the customer wanted. That kind of made us a little bit cocky. We decided to do another campaign for a set of full-size headphones, something that's still in the background now. But we thought, you know, we're going to go in, we're going to launch this. We know, we know people want it. And we fell on our butts. We could see the project wasn't going to fund. So we canceled, we relaunched, we tweaked the pricing. Went again, did a little better. But we still knew that if we left it till the end, it wasn't going to work. So we canceled. And we walked away from doing any more campaigns thinking, you know what? We thought we could do this. This was easy because we'd had two successful campaigns in front. And it's not. So we put that project to bed which has actually been brought back to life again now, and we're working away in the background. And we concentrated on building you know, the core products, tweaking some, removing some, what sells well, and it brings us up towards our latest campaign. Absolutely. So you're one of those companies that I love working with. Basically, you engage the community, you get their feedback, and you try to produce as close of a product as they're asking for. You know, what are some of the features that you decided were most important to include in the, in the newest product line? Well, the one thing that became immediately apparent is that there's been a big cry out for, you know, purely wireless, you know, truly wireless earbuds. And there's been big demand for it. There's been, you know, quite a slew of campaigns on Kickstarter that have done exceptionally well financially. And we've sat back for some time watching what these guys are doing um, for, you know, probably since we first started Trinity, we've been watching what they've been doing. And we've been watching rather than actively doing anything for a while because the technology wasn't there to give what we wanted. And the thing that the public have been telling us that they want is they don't necessarily want heart monitors and this and that and the other. They want something that sounds good. And... Unfortunately, a lot of these guys doing campaigns, they're exceptionally clever at what they do, which is the technology aspect, but they're not audio guys. And they try and do things the best as possible by using you know, the smallest components you know, for, for, the, for the speakers without really any understanding of what's going to happen as to the, set, to the sound. So we sat back and we watched and... We went back to, you know, our little, we've got a, we've got a select little group that we work with, uh, which is within the community, and they're pretty hard on us, and they don't pull any punches when it comes to giving feedback. And the resounding answer was, is I want a wireless earbud that plays audio like some of our other range. It's just got to sound good. You know, it's got to have a reasonable battery life, which... You can't have a gigantic battery life in something so tiny, no matter what anybody claims. But you have a reasonable battery life, something you can recharge on the go, and it's just got to sound great. That simple. Well, you say it's that simple, but certainly, obviously, there's a lot of engineering that goes into that. And obviously, you mentioned <laughs> you know, you're getting some of the feedback from people outside of potential backers from the campaign. But you know, how's it gone about in terms of engaging your community that you've built on Kickstarter and the local community in terms of getting that feedback? Um, well, with, with, the, uh, with the new project, with the Phantom Air, 
it's been a little bit of a different approach because, because of the experience that we've gained over the years, making it sound great was actually the easy bit because we literally had to take you know, what we have in another product and transport it over to the Phantom Air. The problem is, is actually the, techni- you know, the, the technology side of things, the PCB boards, which Bluetooth chips to use, how you're going to manage your battery life, and all of that while trying to make something as small as possible, because the smaller it is, the lighter it is, and also the more aesthetically pleasing it is you know, to look at, rather than some of these great big gigantic things that stick out your ear. You want something that looks, you know, something that's aesthetically pleasing. So most of what we did with this, we didn't need to take community feedback as far as the sound is concerned. We just needed to take feedback as to, you know, what kind of battery life would be acceptable? How many times do you need it to be able to charge while you're out? You know, there's always compromises. You know, we didn't go with the world's smallest Bluetooth uh, system because we'd get a really bad battery life. Uh, We didn't go with the world's smallest charger because you can only charge it once or twice, which is kind of pointless. You want to be able to take these things out for a day or two and then charge it up when you're finished. So it's been quite a hard time to get everything to work right as far as getting the technology right, getting the signal. The signal's the biggest thing is with Bluetooth that we've probably all experienced. You'll be using a Bluetooth device and all of a sudden the signal drops and what you're listening to, if you're on a conversation, vanishes or if it's music, it drops off and then it comes back. And that's been the biggest challenge is to get the thing to stay connected as well as it can because Bluetooth is fundamentally flawed in lots of ways. So we haven't tried to reinvent the wheel like a lot of other people have been trying to do. We've tried to build on tried, proven and tested technology and just make it better. And that's always good when you're making things better. That's what people expect, right? So, you know, you talk about improving product, improving technology. It always goes into, you know, the the marketing materials and how you're presenting the the product itself in terms of being newer, better, faster, you know, in terms of in the marketplace. Talk about some of the things that you and your team have done in terms of preparing, you know, this campaign that's been different than, say, the first or second or fifth campaigns that you guys had done. Well, we, we took a very different approach this time. With this campaign, we decided some of it deliberately and some of it not. We took a quite a slow burn towards this campaign. We let everybody know that was on our database, that was you know, previous customers, previous backers, um, outside in the community on, uh, on headfi.org, and let them know, listen, guys, we're working on, at the time, uh, we had like three or four projects on the go, and the Phantom Air was one of them. And we went to everybody and said, listen, this is what we're doing. Come and register your interest with us, and we'll keep you posted. We'll let you know what's going on. So we have been sort of slowly but surely within the community, drip feeding bits of information, showing them bits of prototypes, discussing what we've done, how we've done it, why it worked, why it didn't work, or what we're going to do to change. And that's proved really effective for us because, again, we're still getting feedback all the time. But it's been a great way for some of our other products that even before we're ready to finish sending out the product, We've opened our order books up for pre-orders, you know, via our website. And some of the stuff that we've been working on has gone absolutely crazy. We had 
a huge amount of interest in some other products and the Phantom Air gained a lot of registered interest. And that's the way that we approached it. We didn't do any particular external marketing, any external marketing other than trying to get people to register interest, let us know what they're looking for, and then just drip feeding them the information in the build up to Kickstarter. Absolutely. No, and it's been definitely a success in the making. What, um, what's been the biggest surprise so far you've encountered on this campaign? Well, having done the few others, some that have worked, some that haven't, the one thing that I was expecting on this campaign was um, because we'd been drip feeding this information, because we had been collecting the data from the customers uh, that they'd asked us to give, you know, they'd given to us, we was actually expecting at the beginning of the campaign to see actually quite a bigger uplift uh, at the beginning than we had. But the problem is, is because we've had such a long gestation period, because we're one of those companies that even if it really aggravates people, we won't release a product if it's not right. We just won't do it. Even if that means giving a refund, if it means you know they don't like us anymore, we still won't do it. So we've had this long gestation period. I mean, this, this, this product, the Phantom Air, should have actually been ready to la- launch on Kickstarter in March of this year, but we wasn't happy. So we have set it back and set it back. And I think that's maybe our undoing a little bit, but at the same time, you know, the product's got to be right. So we've had a great influx of people very quickly. It's been exciting, a lot of feedback. And the one thing that's actually been surprised us is that because we have that experience behind us, we're surprised that we weren't bombarded with the usual thousand and one questions. I think we're quite fortunate that a lot of people know who we are. They can see who we are. We're very publicly visible. We, we don't behave like a, you know, a corporate identity. We're kind of like the guys down the street in the garage. You, know, you can go and talk to them. Uh, and it's the same thing. So it's been very smooth so far. And it hasn't been as intensive you know, with questions like we would usually expect. Usually you get bombarded with hundreds of questions really fast and you know, it, it does drain you. And it's not been like that. It's been quite nice this time. Well, that's good. That's good. So what advice would you give to someone else looking to kickstart their product? Well, the product, <laughs> the one thing I would say to anybody is, is if you're going to launch on Kickstarter, don't expect miracles because there is you and the other have many thousand other people that are trying to launch a project. Make sure you have a USP. You've got to stand out from everybody else, even if it is just one small change that makes you unique and makes whatever it is you're offering better than the next guy. Be prepared to fail. But if you fail, don't take it as a failure. Every failure is a learning process. Every failure is taking something that you can apply to relaunching a campaign. And be honest. Be honest with the backers. Don't ever try and you know, lie or smooth over the truth. If there's something that's not quite right or if there's something that needs improvement, something that needs working on, whatever it is, be honest. Because there's a lot of backers on Kickstarter that are quite seasoned. You know, they go there regularly for their fix of new tech or whatever it might be. And they've seen it most of, the, most of the time. So be honest, be open, and be prepared to put in every hour that you're awake during your campaign. And lastly, marketing. You need to have either in-house or outsourced 
somebody that you trust that knows what they're doing to get it out to the to the rest of the world because you can't do it on your own. Sound advice, Bob. Uh, this gets us into our launch round where I rapid fire a few questions at you. You good to go? Shoot. So are there any business books or life books that you'd like to recommend to our listeners? Uh, quite honestly, no. The, the best book is the book Life, and it's the one where you get knocked down and you get back up again. The one thing is if you're going to succeed, you have to get your, you know, get your mistakes out of the way. You're always going to make mistakes no matter how long you've been in business. Learn from it, move on, apply it to what you do to the next time you try and do something. So the best learning, you can read whatever you like in a book, but with like so many successful people out there, some of it is hard work, some of it's luck, some of it's right place, right time. For, for you, it's whatever you learn on your journey. Nice advice. What would you say the company's biggest weakness is? Uh, well, I've just mentioned it, marketing. We're not, we, we, we never have had a corporate face. We've just been a bunch of guys, which some people think is actually a marketing ploy, <laughs> that we're very available, we're very open, we're very honest. And, you know, we join in with discussions very publicly as well that are completely off top topic. So, you know, we like to enjoy what we're doing. We do enjoy what we're doing. But marketing is our Achilles heel. Um, the problem is, is that marketing is not the same for everybody. Every, every company is unique. You can apply certain techniques to, you know, to the same business same, or different businesses. But yeah, marketing we are, yeah, is, is our weakest point. Fair enough. Well, we're here to help and that, that's what we're looking forward to working with you guys. Um, that's why you're there. <laughs> <laughs> so where do you see your company in five years? Mm, well, that, that, is, that is a tough one. We've kind of reached the point now where we've finished our lineup. So now we need to push that lineup. We need to market it. We've been very lucky in that we have some spectacular uh, dealers around the world that have been very supportive of us. We've been supportive of them too. And we are doing you know, a lot better than we would ever have dreamed. So it's sort of in the five years time is it's about being in more markets, having the brand better recognized. And it's getting over the barrier that we have in front of us is that people generally have the notion in their head that expensive equals the better sound. And it just isn't always the case. With us, we are a different company. We approach how we price things very differently. And we want to get that message across and get a lot more people educated that you know, great sound and audio doesn't have to cost the earth, but you do have to choose wisely. But uh, for us just to be in you know, on every continent somewhere is, is what we want to be. Excellent. So what does the future of crowdfunding look like to you? Tough. <laughs> very, very tough. I mean, we've seen, a, we've seen a change in the past two years. It's becoming such a highly competitive place. And, you know, companies small and large are turning to crowdfunding to, crowdfunding to either, you know, get some product validation. Is there a, a market demand for what they're producing? And with those guys, especially the bigger companies, come big budgets. So you could have a product that launches on the same month as one of the big guys, 
you're probably going to struggle unless you can get the attention in the media or you know whatever marketing you're doing. And it's becoming more cutthroat. I think there has become, you know, there's definitely a culture of less scrupulous marketeers trying to take advantage of Kickstarter project creators offering to promote their products to 3 billion people for just 65 bucks. Mm. And the problem is a lot of people are wasting money. A lot of uh, creators will become disheartened and never come back. But it's all part of the experience. It's just going to become a lot more cutthroat. And you are, as, as crowdfunding progresses, you're going to have to be far more savvy. You're going to have to be a lot more marketing savvy. And you're going to have to have something better than the competition. And it's going to get tougher. Absolutely. So last question in the rapid round. What big thing do you want to accomplish? Oh, the big thing to accomplish. Wow. That's a tough one. We have a whole slew of uh, ideas, some of them on the drawing board, some of them on the engineering desk. What we would like, we would like to just accomplish everything that we set out to do one step at a time. You know, we do everything in baby steps. We don't try and run before we can walk. So there's no huge thing. It's, we would just like to have everything that we have on the table that, you know, some of the public can see and some of the public can't is we'd like to see them all, you know, the majority work well, be well received, and hopefully get the recognition for what we do. That's about it, really, just to have people to understand us, what we're about and what we're trying to achieve for ourselves and for them as a consumer. No, that's great, Bob. I appreciate it. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell everybody what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should go buy your product. Well. We're Trinity Audio, so you can check us out on trinityaudioengineering.com. We are a uh, British company. Um, we design and engineer everything here in the UK. Everything we do is designed so it's an acceptable cost, but a high-end product on the back end. Everything we do is based on premium materials, so we don't use any plastics in our shells or anything. Everything we use is CNC machined aluminum or titanium. We're very unique. Everything, nearly everything we sell is customizable. It's customizable for you. We have different sound signatures with the same product via our tuning filters. But the thing we would like you to look at the most is our new Phantom Air because it is the world's first and only customizable and tunable in-ear monitor that you can, that has no wires at all. Uh, each unit comes with a selection of filters so you can alter the bass frequencies, the high end, how smooth it is, whether you like something that's base, a bass head unit or you want something very neutral. You can tune it to your taste so you have your own perfect earbud. It's truly wireless. It'll work up to about 30 feet away from your device. Um, we have a very unique dual antenna system. So... We get around most of the dropout problems that everybody else experiences with their wireless. And everything is still beautifully made. It's still CNC uh, machined aluminum. It's very beautiful looking. It's very, very small as well. And it's the right kind of price if you go and check us out on Kickstarter. Awesome. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. Everyone in the audience, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all of the show notes, the full transcript. And of course, links to everything we talked about, including the campaign. Bob, thank you so much for joining us. 
It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you've loved this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.